All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is episode 19 of the Last One Fast One podcast. We have a special guest. Um, there's probably two ways you know him. You know him either from his swim career. He dominated up at Arizona State. He's a Pac-12 finalist. And he on Twitter, this guy's got 34,000 loyal ones following him. Um, we're honored to have you on the podcast, Kyle. It's Kyle Sockwell. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. I'm sure there's a few bots in there, but I think <laughs> I think Elon's trying to clean it up. I don't I don't really know what that guy's doing over there, but it's it's been interesting to watch so far. Gotcha. Are you gonna pay for your verified check mark or is that Dude, gonna I go? don't know? I mean, so like that that check was it was really weird. Um I just like woke up to five or six text messages from some of my friends and like they were like congratulating me. I was like, on what? And then one of them was like uh, something about like a blue check. And I went to Instagram like an idiot as if like Instagram was just going to like float me on because I had nothing going on on there. And I was like, what's going on? And then I went on Twitter and it was just there. I was like, all right, this is a thing now. Um, and then now, yeah, I don't know. Now it's eight, eight bucks a month. It's like not a lot of money, but I don't know. I'm not really into it. Um, I think it's cool, like having a, a verified media personality and something. I think it helps, you know, I don't know, make it seem more legit, but yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to pay for it <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so before sense. we get into, um, the Twitter and kind of your following, how you get, how you got into that, let's talk a little bit about your swimming. So how did you find, how'd you find swimming? Oh man, I grew up with a pool in my backyard my entire life. So I was swimming, I mean, from like one year old. Uh, so I swam in, I mean, I think my first race was when I was like five, my mom had to bribe me to do a 25 free with a pack of Pokemon cards. Um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, whatever, let's do this thing. So I did that. And I think it just kind of like, I think I might've like won my heat or something and got like a little, like scratch that itch a little bit where I was like, huh, it's kind of fun, like winning and like beating people. And so then I started coming back to it and then, yeah, I mean, it took me all the way up through high school really was, I mean, I was okay in high school. I think I was like a 57, five in the hundred breast and a 151 in the two IM. Um, went out to George Mason and then had a, a pretty good freshman year. Um, went 352 in the four IM, 150.0 in the two IM and then like 202 in the 200 breast. And the cold just really wasn't for me. And I was like, had a pretty good year. I think I could probably reevaluate my weather decisions for my college career. And decided to go to like one of the hottest places on earth and went to Arizona State. Um, swam pretty well out there. Uh, I think I just kind of got stuck into swimming the same way I always had. And that's kind of like, we'll talk about it later, but where I'm at in swimming right now. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, st- I swam well, I went like 158 and 100 breasts, uh, scored some points at Pac 12s, and, you know, most importantly, made some friendships that are going to last a really long time. For sure. For sure. What would you say like your highlight? of your college swim career was or like either it's a race or like a season or a meet what do you think it was oh that's a good question um maggie mcneil just went 2103 in the 53 by the way <laughs> oh she's moving are she's you watching insane. it live or oh i mean it wouldn't be it wouldn't be <laughs> kyle sockwell if he didn't have swimming going at the same time come on um it's invite season boys um, I mean, that's, that's tough. You know, a lot of people would probably say, and I mean, it's fine if you think like, you know, going to best time was the best time, it's a little 
doubling up there on the best times um, is, you know, the best part of your career. Mine was, we had this dual meet against Arizona at, um, at ASU and Phelps swam in the breaks and we had some pros out there training too. And so some pros were out there training and doing all these races in the breaks. And we walked around the, like the comp or not the complex, the, uh, the university and handed out flyers. And we were like, yo, come to the meet. Michael Phelps is going to swim. And we really had no idea how many people were going to show up. And I think it's, I don't know where the picture is. I think it's somewhere on my Instagram, but the stands were completely full. I mean, completely full. And that week leading up to it, I had gotten sick and like my throat was like swelling up. I couldn't like breathe. So I was like trying to make my way through it. And I knew I was doing a four IM at this meet against U of A and was hoping the stands would be full. Um, and it's funny because like, I really didn't swim very well. I had, you know, an okay 400 IM. Um, and I mean, it was just like looking up at the stands and being like, wow, like this feels almost like playing in a, you know, an NCAA ranked basketball game. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were people like, I don't know if you know the layout of the, um, the motor Pummel or plumber aquatic center, but you've got like not. the stands here and then you've got a parking garage on this side and a parking garage back here. Okay. And there were people like tailgating in the parking garage. No way. Yeah, it was crazy. So I think that's the highlight. Um, and for people that were on the team with me at the same time, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that was, you know, the highlight for them as well, which is funny because I mean, typically in swimming, dual meets aren't exciting. And probably the highlight of my career was a dual meet at ASU. So yeah, that's, did you incredible. guys end up beating Arizona? <clears throat> we did. There we did. Sweet. Yeah. So we, we got after it. Um, I think like we told them a couple days before we got going, like, Hey, we're going to suit and drop taper for this. Nice. And they were like, <laughs> they're like, what? <laughs> and we were like, oops, sorry. Um, cause we, I think we're like, it was our first year with Bob and he wanted to make a statement and yeah, I mean, it was, it was a blast. I think we won maybe on like one of the last relays. Oh, no um, way. Cool. I forget when we knew when we had it won, but I mean, we won the opening relay and I mean, the way that the dual meets are laid out where you have like the 200 medley relay and then you go right into the thousand, like really sucks. But um, <laughs> we, I mean, the place was rocking for that first 200. Um, I think the, I can't remember if the women won or not, but yeah. when the men won that 200 freestyle relay, and it was a close race, man, we were, we were going ballistic. Like it's still a really vivid memory. I remember like telling myself I needed to calm down. <laughs> so like all right so post-college you take a break from swimming are you still like keeping up with the media like what's happening during that break yeah so it's it's an interesting like timeline. i don't know my yeah the timeline of me coming back into like swimming and getting into um i guess like the media side of things is is really strange um so you guys remember vine okay yeah. yep yeah. Yeah. So I was like out of nowhere. I mean, just started like making like funny videos on deck at ASU and they like started to do really well. And so it's like, if you look at like where I'm at right now yeah. and I, I still think I have a long way to go, you know, if you followed me today and looked at like the, the stuff that I'm doing, you'd be like, Oh wow. He's been doing this from the beginning. Like he was a, a journalism <laughs> major or, you know, something like that. Right. Um, Dude, no, I got my start on Vine. I was I was making 
You're like Logan Paul, right? Or Paul, <laughs> yeah, right? pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I wish I was making Logan Paul coin. Um, that dude's figured it out. But um, yeah, I mean, I started making like little six and a half second videos, and from there started. Uh, well, I guess when it was announced that Twitter was buying Vine, and then they were gonna kind of like try and blend it into Twitter, I was like, oh man, like. I don't know, maybe this is an opportunity for me to like blend a different platform into, you know, I mean, I had done like five to 10 million loops is what they called it on Vine. Um, so I wasn't like huge, but I mean, it's, it's decent. Um, yeah. I mean, I wish those views were on YouTube, but we're working on it. <laughs> um, but so yeah, from there, I mean, it just kind of like, it was just a consistency thing. So I just started tweeting out funny shit and that was like about it. <laughs> like just did it for years and years and years and then started to blend into like just being a voice in swimming that's just like purely re reactionary and unfiltered and you know there's no running it through like you know a chief editor or anything like that right. and I think that's something that the sport was like desperate for um sure and yeah, I mean, here we are now. So yeah. now I'm back in the sport somehow. For <laughs> sure. <in> the water. <laughs> so, so um, I'm probably going to mess up the flow of this podcast. So I want to take it back to swimming just for one more minute. And I want to talk Send about it. what it was like swimming with Phelps while Phelps was there training. And then what it was like when Bob Bowman came in your senior year and yep. um, took over. So talk a little bit about that. And then we'll hit, we'll get back to the media. Yeah. So I actually had kind of a weird swimming career. Um, I ended up blowing out my shoulder, my left shoulder pretty bad on a sprint 25 free. Um, I, you know, I love and hate telling this story because I remember being hurt in the moment. So I like yeah. actually did hurt myself. Um, and we'll get a little graphic for a second. You know how, like when you're underwater, you, you guys ever do like do this thing. Yeah. Or like stomp mm -hmm. your heel on the ground and it like mm -hmm. clicks and you can right. hear it from like the other side of the pool. So like sound travels really weird in water. Um, and you can kind of like hear clicks and cracks a lot easier than in the air. Um, cause it's pretty quiet down there outside of, you know, whatever's happening. And so I came up to break out for a 25 free and I break out with my left arm, which my left shoulder is blown out and my shoulder kind of shot down and out and then like wrapped around and then came back in all right within like an inch and a half of my ear. And so I heard like everything that happened in there and was like, that's not good. Like oh, that's, no. that's an issue. And I mean, with like Luke or, you know, have you guys heard of like Luca Orlando and his, his yeah. situation? And yeah. I mean, he's had multiple shoulder dislocations. So it was a really similar instance, you know, when you're doing a breakout, I think his was on a pullout. Um, you're in a really precarious situation for your shoulders. And so I did the same thing on that 25 free. And it shot out and came back around and in. I don't know if Lucas came back in immediately. Um, and I hope his recovery goes well because that dude's an electric swimmer. Um, and yeah, so shoulder kind of blew out. And then I was out of the water for a little while and then had just come back in and then heard that we were going to have a coaching change. And I think all the way up until the moment that Bob walked out, we thought it was going to be uh, an, a former assistant coach at USC. And then we were at like an alumni meeting when they did like this big announcement. And I didn't know it was Bob until he literally walked out there. And so no I had never seen Bob on deck or anything like that. 
um, cause he was coaching Michael and I was like doing junior national meets at the time. So he really wasn't coaching any like junior level people. Um, so that was my first time seeing like the guy and I grew up in the Phelps era, man. I was like in it. So I was like, Whoa, that's the guy that made that, <laughs> that fish guy. <laughs> cool. And I was like, Oh wait, he's gonna be my coach now. And so then I was like, that's cool. And then I was like, Ooh, I wonder what, wonder what that's going to be like. And so, I mean, there was a transitional period where Bob had to kind of learn because we were a, a rebuilding program at the time. And I mean, he had to learn to work with people that were still trying to figure out how to be great. Um, I mean, our entire team was good. We had some great guys on the team. I was definitely teetering between like good and great. And I kind of ended my career in that spot, um, which is probably why I'm like trying to scratch the edge and come back and do a hundred breaststroke. Um, but I mean, at the end of it, he definitely was the best coach I've ever had. Uh, the intent behind everything, the explanation of why that sitting you down at the beginning of the year and um, breaking down what the entire season is going to look like and why certain parts of the season, you're going to feel really tired. You're going to be confused and hurting and what he wants you thinking about in that time um, was just a really different experience than anything I had experienced before. Uh, Phelps on deck was another strange thing. <laughs> I was like, that's cool. Um, I mean, we were like pretty separate. Uh, we would like see some of his workouts and I mean, he did stuff in the pool. that was just ridiculous. So did Chase Kalish and a lot of other, a lot of those other guys. Um, and I mean, yeah, it was just one of those weird things where it almost felt like it wasn't like real. And then like watching him swim in the break at that meet and then watching him like cheer for our team and like all that stuff was just kind of like pretty surreal. But um, yeah, it was a, a good way to end the career. I ended up leaving the sport kind of with a bad taste in my mouth, just I think because of the shoulder injury and the lack of progress for about a year and probably mostly because I neglected trying to learn and trying to swim differently than I had before and was just repeatedly just hammering home these because I was a really good trainer. I worked really, really hard. Um, I could go 403, 404 and a 400 IM from a push probably 10 times in a row, but I could go 401 one time from a dive at a meet. So I was in probably the best shape I was going to be in, but the technique wasn't there. Um, and it's something that I didn't really learn until like three years ago. Learn. I, I think, I think so. <laughs> We're working on it now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool to say, to say the least. Yeah. I gotcha. So Very cool. yeah. Heading back to like social media and everything. What do you think was like the biggest thing that led to your success in social media? Like you talked about consistency. Was it anything else that did it? Um, it's a good question. Never really thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I always just told myself it was consistency. Uh, yeah. I think there really wasn't anybody talking about swimming from like a, almost like a, I call myself a professional fan <laughs> to an extent. Um, Cause I don't really want to be like a reporter. I don't want to go dig for stories. I don't want to do any of that. I want to, the, the whole goal with everything that I'm doing. And, you know, if I'm 60 years old and still doing this and look back and, you know, see a change in the pool of professional athletes that are able to make, swimming a viable career then i think i've done my job um swimming is where we're set up in a really bad way to monetize our face i mean because really our face is the money maker i mean it's 
the only reason people pay you for endorsement deals and I mean your face and like, that's why they like take Ryan Lochte and they put him on the Ralph Lauren ads during the Olympics. And for three years, you're like, where do you go? And so, you know, our sport and it's no secret that, you know, the quadrennial and every four years having the Olympics, having this big boom and then a bunch of like, for like three years is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it was just being willing to talk as like we would off camera. Um, I think gotcha. we have a really hard time in swimming, just talking and saying what we're thinking. Uh, we're really filtered and we're just like very hardwired to lean over the lane rope after a race, after adding four seconds and getting beat by a guy that like called you something in the locker room and shaking his hand and giving him a hug and telling him congratulations and popping a party popper over his head. When in reality, like in no other sport, do you really do that? Yeah. Um, and so I think that's, it was something that people latched onto because they had wished it had happened before. Um, so it's, I think it's just less filtered and slowly getting less and less filtered as I get older. Gotcha. And was it just kind of like a steady growth? So you get on Twitter is it like, you know, like 1,000, 2,000? Did you have any things that like you posted and it was like, holy shit, like a ton of people? <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, I've had some <laughs> some tweets go pretty crazy. Um, the most recent one was during the 2022 women's NCAAs. Okay. I got my first taste of what it's like outside of swimming media. Uh-huh. Um, there was some controversy around that meet with Leah Thomas swimming. Yeah. And I posted a tweet that was, I mean, the entire time I was right in the middle. Um, it was as mm-hmm. close as I've gotten to journalism. And I don't want to get any closer than that. Right. Um, and I mean, it went, let me see if I can pull up stats real quick. I mean, it was, it was insane. Um, people were like sending me the meanest shit you've ever thought of in your life in DMs. <laughs> and I was just like, all I did was share this tweet um, yeah. of a quote from a girl that I think got 17th, um, but it got 24 million impressions. 24 so 20, million. 24 million people saw it, got 21.4 thousand likes and 1,700 replies. Wow. So I did, I did 36.3 million impressions during the month of March in 2022. Wow. And so that was kind of like a a wake up call to an extent where I was like, before that, I mean, the growth was slow enough for a while where that, like, it always felt like I was talking to my friends. Um, because I, I mean, I reply to a ton of people. I favored a ton of stuff and I try to like, make it feel like, you know, you're in the room with me. Uh, that's the goal. And I mean, for a while it got up to like 20 to 21,000. It was a really slow build. And it sat there for a long time and didn't grow. And then all of a sudden, like two years ago, I would say, it just took off. Um, and I started growing like four to 500 a month. And then had a couple months where I put on like 1500 to 1700. And I think it was just kind of a culmination of the consistency and the development of my voice and development of who I am and how I talk. Um, people started to resonate with it. And then also, you know, starting to figure out what people wanted to hear, you know, a lot of people look at social and media and they're like, no, like you should never adapt what you really feel like. And I'm like, that's stupid. 
Like if your goal going into it is to only talk like you, I mean, does anyone go into a job and only do the things that they want to do and only say the things that they want to say? No, I mean, you have goals, you have intentions. And if you want to filter the way that you're talking about one thing to reach that goal and not like cause other problems at the same time, then absolutely I'm going to do that. And I think it was just a culmination of like just growth, personal growth, uh, growth in being able to talk to people, interact with people and, um, you know, learn what people like and what they don't like to be like the place that people go for like a really raw reaction and a place to go interact with the most important content that's happening in swimming. I gotcha. Yeah. So now we're, now we're going to move into chasing trials. <laughs> All right. Oh boy. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, yeah, no. let's, hear, I, let's hear about it. I absolutely love this bit. All right. I'm a huge fan personally. I watched like four of the videos today after Paul let me know. So when do you think like you started getting back in the water to train for it? So my, I hinted at it earlier. My um, exit from the sport was not clean. Um, I I didn't want anything to do with swimming for about, I want to say like close to 12, 13 months. I just started lifting really heavy um, and got like, my, my body type is that if I like walk by a squat rack and there's more than 135 on it, my legs like get bigger, um, just like seeing it or like by association. And so I got really big. Like I was, I think I, at my heaviest, I was like 218 in college. I was 163 when I was like really swimming well. So I put on like 50 pounds of pretty much just raw muscle, a little bit of cushion too. Um, and was just like, I was, I was a different person. I mean, when you put on 50 pounds and distribute it throughout, I mean, my traps were huge. My back was giant. I was a 400 IM, but my legs were massive. Um, and I ended up, I was squatting like 495 and deadlifting, I think over 500. Squatting I still couldn't 495. Bench. Yeah. I was squatting Jeez. real heavy. <laughs> yeah. I was, heavy. I was moving weight. Um, oh but I still God. couldn't bench. I've never benched over 225. So like my powerlifting, like total would have looked like I was on like the trajectory to put up like 385 on bench. And then I'd probably put on like 185 and like be like leaning, you know, like when you're benching, you start leaning on yeah. one side. <laughs> yeah. I'd like work it up like that. Um, so I was huge. And then I did that for a long time and had one day where I was, I think I bent over to tie my shoes. And I remember like, just like getting in my own way. Cause I'm, I'm five, probably like five, 10 and a half, but I call myself five eleven because I'm insecure. Um, <laughs> it's a joke by the way. Um, <laughs> I like bent over to like try to tie my shoes and was just like in my own way. I was like, this is hard. <laughs> and then I had this moment I was just done right then. I was like, I'm not lifting like that anymore. Like, what's the point? Like, what am I trying to prove? I think I was just looking for an outlet to chase like success and chase like physical success. So I was like, I'm done with this. And then I came back, I was at gold's gym at the time. Um, and there was like this dungeon of a pool, super dark, like echoey, probably three foot deep. Um, I think it was 25 yards, which probably didn't help. Um, which will make sense in a second. And I was like, I'm just going to go. I was like, I'm bigger now. I wonder if I can just like sprint at 25 now. So I went on the other end of the pool and there was a clock on the other end. I was like, I'm going to time it and just dive in and go. 
And I dove in cold turkey after probably 13 months out of the water, 50 pounds heavier than I was in college, <laughs> and tried to do a sprint 25 free. Uh-huh. And I think I went like, like 13, five yards. Mm. I looked up at the clock and was just like saying some really negative stuff <laughs> in my head, got out. And that was it. That was it for like another eight months. Wow. I didn't touch the water. Um, and then, I mean, I was in and out intermittently. Uh, I started like trying to lose a little bit of weight and get back down to a frame that like I carried better. Uh, just throughout the day doing like daily tasks, like tying your shoes and cooking. <laughs> um, cause I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's important unless you're a, a real professional athlete, um, is like how your body operates cooking and, you know, taking a shower. Um, I'd like to not be like out of breath, you know, walking towards the couch to, to watch Yellowstone. Um, and yeah, from there, I mean, I slowly trickle back down. I think I'm like 190 right now. Still want to get down nice. a little bit. Um, but then I started training with some friends, uh, just starting to like try and get back in shape and started to get that itch again and was doing like some sets here and there. But I mean, I had not really strung together a good like month of workouts, consistent yeah. workouts for, I mean, seven years. And then... Mm-hmm. I was just kicking around the idea. I was trying to think like, because there was a part of me that was like, I felt like I wasn't maximizing the opportunity that I had on Twitter. Um, Cause I mean, I'll do a few million impressions a month and I'll look at it and be like, that's cool. Um, and for now it was just kind of a fun outlet. Um, and I was like, I have an opportunity here. Like, why am I not filling the extra five, six hours of the, a week that I have? Um, and trying to like maximize this and, and create something out of it. And so I was kicking around the idea of starting a podcast. I have some equipment here with That's me sweet. that I'm, yeah, that I'll get going soon. Um, and I mean, I was just like, all right, whatever. Like, I just need to commit to this thing. And so I opened up and I had seen them before. I had an idea of what the hundred breast cut was. Um, I thought it was like a one Oh three, eight, I think. And I opened them up. Got fast. Those Dude, cuts got, got crazy. It's insane. I honestly think the hundred breasts might be the fastest cut, but it's the only one that like, I think physically I'm, I'm capable of attempting. Yeah. Um, and cause I still can't do backstroke right now. Otherwise I'd consider the 200 I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but I opened them up and I looked at it. My first reaction was like, there's no way. And then in that moment, I was like, I think that's kind of the point of the whole series is, you know, I was like, I think I went 106.3 in a long course hunter breast on a relay mm-hmm. in like a random summer when I wasn't really training where I'm kind of at or was at for like the last seven years. Um, I was definitely training more and was in better shape, but I was out like 30.2 and then came back 36 flat, I think. And I was like, that's the whole point of this series is, you know, a crazy goal, two years of training and a ton of content coming out in the swimming world where, you know, I mean, I'm training with, I train with Josh Perno a good amount and he's definitely uh, pretty hard on my technique and uh, a lot faster than me, which is not shocking. Um, but like combining a lot of those minds and thoughts into a content series that hopefully grows into something that, you know, has like financial backing at some point. And I can go out and train like in Indiana, I can go train in Arizona, I can train in Texas, I can go all over the place and just kind of pool all this feedback together and then 
you know, go. I was talking to Josh like the other day about it actually in the, the hot tub. And I was like, dude, I think the worst case scenario for this entire thing is I end up going the most exciting 107 long course hunter breaststroke of all time. And that's how the series ends. And I'm like, if that's worst case scenario, then the series is a success no matter what. Yeah. And so it was just this culmination of like leaving the sport in a really bad way. It wasn't like if I don't make Olympic trials, then my life as a swimmer is a failure. It was if I don't, leave the sport with a good taste in my mouth and take it into my fifties, sixties and keep swimming. And then, you know, be comfortable introducing my kids to the sport that I hated for six years. Um, then I think that's where the failure would lie. And so just sat like literally right here with this microphone and my iPhone, talked to the camera for six minutes, opened my YouTube channel, which had 30 subscribers at the time and was like, looking at the video that was ready to be published. And I was like having second thoughts and then something in my brain just said, click publish. And I just clicked it. And then went, I, I just saw red and just opened Twitter, dropped it in there. And I was like, there we go. Insane goal. Nice. Um, and I had people texting me immediately and they were like, one is crazy. Like, <laughs> um, but at the same time, like all of the feedback that I've gotten, has been either positive, I love this series, or this is going to be really difficult, but like, I'm excited to see how far you go. And so we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not? No. Right. You got nothing I'm, to why lose. Not? I'm super excited to watch this. I'll be following along. All right. I love um, it. I love it. <laughs> so you just swam your first meet. Um, I did. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's hear about it. Um, yeah. I mean, so, we talked, I think, before the show uh, about where I was at before that meet. Um, the cha- I mean, I, I posted that video, like I just mentioned, and I had vacation coming up in like three days. And so I posted that and I had been training like a decent amount, nothing really that consistent, but I went on vacation and I trained like four out of seven days, got one long course workout in that was like a serious kick in the mouth. I went like a fast 50 breaststroke and then turned and like found the clock and then like looked between the fog and my goggles to try and find it. And I saw it click from 36 to 37. And I was like, Oh, okay. I was like expecting to be 34 already or 33. Um, and came back and then I wasn't really planning on doing a meet <clears throat> this soon. And then my buddy Cody, uh, who swam out in Arizona messaged me and was like, we were talking back and forth about this goal and he's coming back and trying to make the TY or pro series and the two and free. Cool. And he was like, I just registered for USA swimming. Um, like you want to do this meet with me? Like, let's see if can, we can get you registered. And then he like pushed me through the whole process. We did it really fast, fast. I mean, USA swimming does not make it easy to register as an athlete. It was a brutal process. And if I didn't have him there, there's no way I would have gotten it yeah. done. 0% chance. And he just kind of pushed me through it. And then all of a sudden I was registered for a meet. And I, right when I got the email back from the head coach at this swim club, I was like, Oh no, <laughs> like, this is real now. Um, this is real. And this is terrifying. And like the anxiety, like seven years of not having to be anxious about swim meets was like back within two days. Yeah. And 
so I mean, I started training a little bit more like focused on a 25 breaststroke and like figuring stuff out. And then leading into it, I did not feel good about it. I was just getting like really tired. I felt sluggish and like heavy in the water, probably from vacationing for a while. Oh, and then I also went straight out to Indianapolis from no, wait, actually. So here's, <laughs> here's the timeline. We started to put this all together. Vacation in Florida for six days, fly from Florida to the border of Alabama and Florida for a bachelor party for three days. And then from there, come home to Austin for two days. I think I get one swim in then I go out to Indy for the world cup because Fina wanted to fly me out there for it. No way. I got to swim one time out there. And then I came back and probably got a weekend and then swam that hundred breast. And so thinking about it like that now, you know, double Oh eight is not that bad. Yeah. Um, but I just like everything felt wrong and weird. Yeah. Uh, it also was just freezing out there. I tried to time my run up to behind the blocks like perfectly so that I would like be in the pool and then run over there and then just go off the blocks. <laughs> I did it terribly. The last heat of the 200 free before me, I was going to go over right when they started it. And so they started a run over there and there was like a really young kid in the heat. And I love that. Um, but the 200 free took a while and I was standing there like, <laughs> Oh no. And so I was just getting really, really, really cold. <laughs> and then I got up on the blocks and just kind of blacked out. Yeah. Um, the race was not clean. And I mean, my stroke technique is, it's still the exact same that it was back in college, maybe a little bit worse. And, um, I think after that race, and if you guys have seen the video, I mean, I wrote down 57, eight, I, I might have it with me. <laughs> no, whatever. But 57, eight, <laughs> like on the third 25 of that race, I remember thinking like, Oh man, <laughs> I think I'm going to go 59 as if like that was bad in my head. And then, so I'm finishing that last 25 and I turn and I look up and I see one double Oh eight. And I was like, my first thought was, Oh, that, that can't be for me. <laughs> I started like trying to look for another time on the board. And then I was like, wow. Um, all right. Reality check. And I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I got to go a lot faster, but I mean, technically, I already went faster than 102.19. It was just in a different pool. There we go. Sweet. <laughs> so um, I just lost my train of thought. So talk a little bit about, like, how you're training now. So I know you had all those all those events um, and, like, the bachelor party in Florida. But what do you foresee your training schedule to be, like, from, from this point on? Yeah, so I'm kind of – approaching it in different phases right now it's getting back into shape which mm -hmm. i mean that is as raw of a phrase <laughs> as it is i mean swimmers have their idea of shape right i'm talking about the guy that is trying to stay in shape i'm, I'm getting back to that shape because i'm definitely not i mean i'm not in great shape right now i got out of shape for a while um and was like 195 pounds not good weight um if you want to be 195 pounds and walk around with that, that's totally fine. I'm not saying everybody needs to be 5% body fat or lower. Um, but if I'm going to go 102, 19, 100 breaststroke, then I have some things that I need to do because this is my vehicle to get there. And so right now I'm trying to shave down, probably get to like 178 or so. Um, so drop 12 pounds and do it in the right way and pair that with cardio and learning how to eat better. It's in college. I ate so bad. It's not even funny. 
I mean, I did just about everything wrong in college. And I think that might be like a small piece of why I'm doing this is like to prove to my younger self that like that wasn't as fast as I could have gone. I could have gone faster, you idiot. Um, and so pairing that like better eating, better hydration with some cardio and learning how to swim better at the same time is kind of the first stage. And then once I get through that, then we're going to go into like some serious swimming training where I'm going to go through a technique overhaul, which I'm already kind of going through. Um, I forget. Let me pull up what Perno texted me. It was pretty funny. We texted for like a whole day about after he saw that I went 008, he was like, oh, Lord. Um, let me see what it is. Oh, he goes, you got to funda- fundamentally change the way you swim breaststroke fam. And then the handshake emoji. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, yeah, you're right. And then he said, needs more body, looks like all arms. Um, and then he sent me a huge paragraph, which I might be saving for a Chasing Trials episode uh, in the future. But I mean, he's right right now. And my arms were like concrete on that last 25. And somebody actually replied and was like, you know what? Like you said, you felt like you had a grand piano on your back on that last 25. And that last 25, you're the best technique of your entire hundred breaststroke. And it's probably because your body was like, arms are gone, use your body. When in reality, I should have started using my body up front so that my arms wouldn't have left in the first place. And so it's just thinking like that and watching a ton of race video. Like I have Anton Chupkov's uh, 200 breaststroke where he went 206.80. My, my bookmarks on Google Chrome, it's just like, 70 breaststroke videos (laughs) um like rebecca sony breaststroke kicking against a wall with a race club uh various adam pd videos even though i think he's just an anomaly um chupkov zach's double d cook and i mean i'm actually it's funny because when you think about what someone trying to go one double o and 100 breaststroke what you think they would do is they would just start studying the 100 breaststroke i've actually done i haven't done that at all I mean, I've looked at PD a little bit, but I'm just like, that's not me. I can't do that. And that's fair. I mean, it's just self-awareness. Yeah. I've been studying the 200 because these guys are going 101.5 going out in the 200. So I need to see what the hell the disconnect is between me sprinting a 1008 short course yards and these guys going 101.5 in a long course under breaststroke and then doing another 100 after it. Like their, their 101.5 is probably at like 155 heart rate and then that second hundred they're coming up to like 180 and then that's where they really get into the pain cave and i'm like all right if that's happening i need to just watch this first hundred a thousand times and figure out how i can go out that first 50 like they're doing a 200 maybe a little bit harder for me because i'm not world class and then sprint a second 50 one time and go 102 18 and then just be like, we're good. So yeah, I mean, it's a lot of video review. It's a lot of looking at, you know, the way that people catch and breaststroke and the way that their feet move and, and then just micro goals, man, you gotta, you gotta give yourself stepping stones. Um, otherwise if I dive in long course and go like one twelve, <laughs> things are going to be really tough mentally. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. I mean, Hey, you got the goal set up. Then you've got a game plan. I like where it's going. I'm really excited to watch it. 
Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like in that last episode. Uh, towards the end of it, I got like a little bit raw. Um, and I was like, the only way that this is a failure is if I bail in the middle of 2023. And like, obviously, if I get injured or, you know, something happens and I have to stop, then that's one thing. But if I bail because I'm not going as fast as I thought I would, then it's a failure. And I'm putting that message out there to everybody that if you don't reach this goal that you set, then you failed. And I think swimmers are really, really bad about that. We set these extremely lofty goals, which is a good thing. Um, we write them down. They feel really concrete. We do all the splits and we're like, all right, this is how I can get there. And then if we don't, it's the end of the world. And in reality, we just dropped four seconds and a 400 and just missed our ridiculous world record goal by 20. And it's, it's really hard mentally. And that's where a lot of swimmers, I think get caught up is we have all these expectations because the only way that you can be seen as successful really in our sport is the ultimates, the ultimate goals are an Olympic gold medal and a world record. Right. So uh, I was talking to Josh about it yesterday, actually. Um, and he was like the difference between making an Olympic team and not making an Olympic team right now for professional swimmers is like tens of thousands of dollars and zero dollars, which is like the main ethos of why I'm doing what I'm doing is the ecosystem of professional swimming in the way that it's set up right now to where if you get third in the 200 breaststroke at Olympic trials, you're making $0. But if the person that gets second is making 50 and the person above them is making a hundred, like that's, that's just not healthy. Um, you need to have an entire a final and even down to a B final monetizable athletes to be able to start to build an ecosystem of, of people that can pursue swimming full time. Um, because I remember like Tyler Clary was working a second job when he was trying to make the Olympics. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think it's awesome. But at the same time, if he could have pursued it full time, would he have done better? And so we got a long way to go. Um, people have tried to make money in swimming for a long time. And I think another like small reason about why I'm doing this hunter breaststroke is, you know, I tweeted first swim meet in seven years. Here are some of the things that I'm afraid of as like, it was satire. I think only like 80% of people like realize that for some reason, um, people were like, you're not going to break a world record. So don't worry about that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> like, I'm trying to make Olympic trials and I'm, I might not even make the Olympic trials cut short course right now. Um, but if I go 107 in the hundred breaststroke and a hundred thousand people watch it, like the issue isn't the sport. People are interested and people are ready to be engaged with it. The issue is how we deliver that sport and the stories to the fans and how we build stories around it and build personalities and, you know, get the cap and goggles off of athletes and let them sit down and talk to people about, I don't know, their favorite pasta, like <laughs> their favorite restaurant, space, <laughs> you know, just like random shit because swimming and I love nerding out about swimming. I could do it all day. Um, and I have friends that I do that with, but the casual fan, I mean, if you, I compare it a lot to MMA because I work pretty closely to the, the UFC and in that space and a couple really high profile athletes that make 15 X, the amount they make from the UFC outside of the UFC. And I mean, it's set up pretty well because their face is everywhere. It's on graphics, their tattoos are everywhere. So they're easy to recognize and easy to throw in a, you know, a TV commercial or, you know, hold a product on, on Instagram, 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just different. I mean, the story, the way that they deliver it, the way that they hype up these matchups. And I mean, I don't know that it's one-to-one. Well, I know that it's not one-to-one, but I also know that there are levels that we are behind them that we shouldn't be. Um, and I mean, talking to Fina and Indy, it, it sounded promising with some of the new staff that they have over there. Um, and the fact that they flew me out there, not to like sound like conceited, but for them to notice what's going on and say, we want to spend money to fly you out here for five days solo with no intention. Don't want you to work. Don't want you to do anything. We just want you to watch the meet. Um, gives me a little bit of hope for where the future of like the world cup and FINA is going. So we got a lot of work to do to make the sport exciting. But the fact that you guys are starting a podcast means that we're we're (laughs) in the right spot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting. You bring that up (laughs) because we had Justin Ress on a couple episodes ago and he was saying the exact same thing about how do we make the sport exciting? And he talked about how, the sport, it's too much pressure on the athletes when the only time they can make money is like the Olympics or Olympic trials. So he, yeah. his whole thing was all kind of about the ISL and how to make swimming a more exciting league, like a football league is and a basketball. So that's, yeah, you guys were literally like exact same points <laughs> right there. Yeah. And I mean, I thought Josh had the same thoughts. Um, I talked to Ryan Murphy and, and Will Lacone at, uh, the India world cup. And we talked about the same thing and, you know, we've got a lot of guys that are on the end of their swimming career. And another thing that like really sucks in the sport is when you're done swimming, you're done swimming. 99% of professional swimmers, when they quit swimming, uh, quit is a really harsh word when they retire. Um, they have to go find work outside of the sport. No one can stay in it because there's so many limited or there's so the pool of jobs is so small. You have Rowdy Gaines. He does a great job. Um, You have a couple other commentators. I do a little bit of commentary, but I mean, most of the commentators on like these live streams and stuff are just local guys that they just throw in there. Dude, I would be, if they could just have me pull this over and watch the live stream and talk like, dude, I'm watching the meet anyway. (laughs) And like people want to listen to that. And so, I mean, it's, it's a structural thing. It's a budget thing. Um, there's a thousand layers to it. Uh, but I mean, I've got a lot of stuff planned and hopefully it works out to start to help fuel the middle class of swimming, if you will. Um, I mean, I don't think I'm going to be able to fund the Caleb Dressel at any point in my career. Um, and I think putting pressure on speedo to pay him more money is maybe the role that I play eventually. Um, but a lot of swimmers are thinking it. Uh, we just need to start putting the pieces together and, and figure out how to make, you know, the guy that B finals, <clears throat> excuse me, the guy that semifinals at Olympic trial at Olympic trials and misses an A final makes money somehow. Yeah. Sounds like a terrifying thing. Um, <laughs> but he also needs to do it four times. You know, you can't do it once a year. Right. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree with it. Yeah, like he was saying, Justin Ress had literally similar ideas. And yeah, uh, Paul, we might have to like fix up our fun questions because he was rambling off some good ones. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So we just we'll wrap it up. We don't want to take too much of your time. We know you know you got a swim meet to watch right now. <laughs> yeah, I think 
<laughs> oh, Maggie McNeil's wait back breast. Maggie McNeil's about to go. If you want to do some some live reaction here, <laughs> let's do it. Let, let's send it. She's send about it. to do a uh, hundred fly. So we've got fifty more of breaststroke. Um, I think so. LSU is leading right now, and so we'll, we'll just talk a little bit. I mean, this is what I do. So you're getting you're getting inside the head of me, which is normally me al- alone in this room. Um, so Baylor Nelson, do you guys know who Baylor Nelson is? I do not. I don't know Baylor Nelson now. So he's the top recruit. You should get him on here soon. Um, okay, out cool. of high school, freshman at A and M. So A and M got the number one recruit of the class, and wow. Maggie's about to about to send it. Oh wait, no, LSU's getting smoked. Bama's winning. Ma- Maggie's way behind. Um, so he anchored their two hundred freestyle relay and was out eight eight to the feet, missed his wall, and came back eleven four and went like twenty point five. Mm. Um, so this meet's been been interesting. Maggie yeah. went twenty point five in a fifty free. Dude, her underwaters are insane. Twenty point so five is dirty. Yeah, that's she just went twenty two seven to the hands fifty fly going out in a hundred. So twenty two seventy one. Yeah, I mean, normally this is this is like if you listen to it in here. Yeah. This is how it sounds when I'm, when I'm live <laughs> tweeting. So when you see all those exclamation points and those, for some reason, the cold face emoji, this yeah. is what it sounds like. Oh, it's it's all in my head. <laughs> I'm. Uh... She is twenty two seventy one. Let's see what she finishes out here. Twenty six thirty nine. So. so she was four. What is that? Forty nine one. That is blazing yeah it's nasty that 20.5 was quick um we'll do a fun question i don't know if you guys have thought about this or seen it online but do you think an ncaa record is gonna get broken during invite season i don't think so i i don't know i i I would say no Um, but um mm. that where where's arizona state going for their mid-season invite so they're at gac they're at greensboro aquatic center okay Uh, so they've got nc state out there it's happening I would I think, say my guess is no. Luke's got yes. What do you got? I think it. I think yes. Um, okay. I know there's there's been some recent tragic events from Virginia, mm-hmm. and I don't know how that team is doing mentally, and completely understandable. But twenty one one in a training suit from Gretchen at the Texas dual meet. That's true. I mean, throw her in a, <laughs> and she's had some trouble like putting on a fast suit and going faster, but. I mean, I really think you stick her in a, a tech suit, especially the new like shockwave or <laughs> yeah. our suits are named such crazy stuff. It's ridiculous. Um, wait, wait, I just, I just set up a poll. Listen to this. I don't want to promo no, other no. companies too much, but it. the, what is it called? It's an arena suit. Are you guys still familiar with like the, the new suits and stuff like that? Yeah. I've been looking into them. So all right, here's actually a new one. So it's $575. Dear God. Power Skin Carbon Core FX Diamonds <laughs> Closed Back. That makes you want to buy it, doesn't it? I, I don't know. I don't know oh. what it makes you want to do. It makes me want to like, like take a nap. <laughs> I mean, it sounds exciting, but Arena Diamond Carbon Core FX Suit. Oh, this one's even further. Arena Men's Power Skin Carbon Glide SL Diamond LE. I have to think that all the SLs and everything like that, are those acronyms? Like, what do they stand for? I don't know. What do you guys think LE stands for? For a tech suit? Uh, uh, laser. Uh, I, don't know. No. I think it's got to be laser, maybe. 
laser yeah, enclosed or something. Something I, like that. But what does SL stand for? Short? No. Uh, Marin? No. I, I don't I, know. <laughs> super legs. Uh, yep, that's it. Super long. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I think. And I mean, like, they do that with cars too, right? Yeah. Like, you got like the Lexus GL. Yeah. Or like the Audi A. I guess the A might stand for like audi <laughs> or like awesome <laughs> i don't know um but yeah it was just a random thought that i just had because i'm putting yeah. up a new U- new youtube poll for what's the best suit in swimming there right now go. mostly because um, i need to buy one yeah when are you gonna I suit up say, do you think first i'm i'm terrified to suit yeah I'm terrified to suit <laughs> yeah. because if i go 59 and a speedo then i'm like oh okay so they still want to throw a suit on i'm gonna go 48 6 um and I just like if I put a suit on and I go fifty nine nine, I'm gonna be like, I don't have anything else. Like I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, <laughs> I gotta figure something out. Because so I've always yeah. been the guy that throws on a suit and goes a lot faster. Uh, rest was always really good for me, and yeah, so I'm saving it. I don't really have like a a raw meat schedule lined up right now. Yeah. Um, but I definitely need more racing experience because I went into that hundred breaststroke just like zero plan just and i think that's kind of the way i wanted to do it in that first 25 when i for some reason decided to take a half stroke literally about the same distance from me to the computer uh dude like <laughs> during a race when you do something dumb enough to be thinking about it on the second 25 instead of racing you did something pretty dumb uh, and I, I was thinking about it i was like why did i do that <laughs> and i was like all right get back focus and, and race yeah. <laughs> like the clock's ticking yeah, what suit yeah. do you have on the pole? Uh, so I have the Mizuno GX Sonic. Oh, I love the Mizuno. Mizuno was the one. Mizuno I've never worn one. Have I you was guys gonna rec- one of those? Yeah, I was going to uh, yeah. recommend that. That's what I wear for my 2IM and Hunter Breast. That's what really? I wore. Yeah. What, uh, what makes it so great? Let's do a Mizuno commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, like, the buoyancy on it is insane. Like, after every stroke, it literally feels like my hips are on the surface. Really? That's, like, the best part. Yeah, because they've got those strips running down the back, right? Yep. Which I I didn't know was like ever a thing until uh, I had like I think it was maybe Joe Schooling when they because UT is like the team that made the Mizuno famous, right? Yep. It was I think the Japanese guys and then um, UT. The entire team just wore them one year. I think it was the year when they went like seven guys up or six guys up in the A final of the hundred fly at NCAA's. So wild. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's insane. But this new Shockwave, which actually I think that's, I think that's the whole name. I think it's just the TYR Shop Shockwave, which is great, nice and yeah. simple, more um, marketable. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Easier to type out. Um, I think that one's looking looking pretty nice. So I'm excited to see a, a reviewer to come out, um, and then maybe I'll buy one, put it on ice, and and see what happens. I don't even know what size I am going to text you anymore. I was like a 26, I think, back in the yeah. day. Yeah, I bought I bought a size 28 Speedo the other day because I thought that was my size. I didn't try it on. I got home and it was like I could not wear it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, I can't like and it goes back to the series, right? I can't yeah. think that I'm who I used to be because yeah. who I used to be was a 106 and 100 breast. I have to be this new athlete. I have to figure out how to completely throw away everything, rebuild myself and do it in 17 months. So, yeah clock's ticking i keep I saying know. i have a lot of time but <laughs> what, time um, keeps ticking what so, invite are you most looking forward to i'm heading up to the 
to the Minnesota invite here in a few weeks. My my friend's swimming at it. So there you go. Um, I'm, um, I'm stoked. I mean, this one's pretty fun. I yeah. think Maggie's Maggie's really exciting. And then I'm excited to see what Brooks and um, Baylor throw down on this 400 medley relay. I think Baylor, I don't really know what his best stroke is. I think it might be backstroke. Um, he's like a young Carson Foster kind of. Interesting. And I'm excited about this one, but I mean, ASU, you got Leon Marshawn, you've got, um, I mean, just the, the talent out there is growing like crazy. And one of our recruits, I got to watch him swim for the first time at the Indy World Cup, Ilya Karun. Dude, that kid is going to be terrifying. Um, he's a Canadian guy, trains for Sandpipers in Nevada, which I need to go out there and train with those guys and have them fix me because they're creating some ridiculous talent out there. Yeah. And like Katie Grimes and uh, Bella Sims and Ilya and all these all these guys and girls. Um, but I, yeah, I got I to gotta go ASU. Leon's electric. That have dude. You, have you met him? Yeah. Yeah. Really Leon. Um, he actually, so I didn't know who he was leading up to uh, when he signed at ASU. And then I was like, oh, this guy's sick. And so I went to follow him on Twitter and he already followed me. And I was like, no, no, no way. So I followed him back. And then I went to Instagram to follow him and he already followed me. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've talked to him, I think, like once. Um, yeah. I haven't been out to ASU in a minute, but I'm going out for the alumni meet out there. Uh, and I'll be doing a 50 free, maybe a 50 uh, breast. No. We'll, we'll see right. what happens. So that's, yeah, that's in February. Um, and then I'm hopefully going to shoot some content with the coaches out there, record a couple of podcasts and, and get some content. So that should be interesting. Cool. Yeah, I love to hear a fun it. episode to watch. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I think for a suit size, I'd say we're like, I'm 186 one. So Mizuno, I wear a large and it is a tight squeeze. Oh, that's right. They do uh small, they medium, do large numbers. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man. That makes my 21 year old self just like <laughs> freak out. Um, so you're a large, you're, what do you say? 186, one. Yeah. Okay. How big are your legs? Are you like a leg heavy guy? Or are you like a no, back up, heavy guy? Upper body, upper body. Is upper body. Big. Dude, I need some of that. I need to, <laughs> I need to figure that out. Cause I'm just dragging my legs through the water right now, which I think is why my, like a suits typically help me is that buoyancy, you know, your yeah. legs kind of ride a little bit more. Um, meanwhile, right now, dude, my legs in that hundred breaststroke were like my toes were dragging on the bottom of the pool. Yeah. Um, it was a lot easier in a dual meet when I was like 160. Um, but I don't know if I can put on an XL. I think I, a part of it also is that like, I think I need to like mm -hmm. reform my body a little bit to the point where it's like built for breaststroke, which is like, that's the fun thing about this is I'm literally just learning using my body to just be breaststroke, turning yeah. myself as much into a frog as I possibly can. <laughs> and I don't have to think about the 400 I am. I don't think about doing freestyle or, you know, any of that. And when I'm in the gym, I don't have to think about anything other than being really good at the hundred breaststroke or, like I, my new theory is the first hundred of a 200. Yeah. Um, so maybe I'll get down to, to large weight and then, uh, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, you were saying your max is earlier for lifting and I'm sitting here, I bench 225, but I only squat like 250. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think Adam PD squatting 495. So hey, you beat him somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Kick rocks. We got baby. it. We got it. 
he is benching like i think probably like 145 in each arm though and yeah. that my my max dumbbell bench right now is probably 55 now it's probably like 75 but got some work to do yep all right so we we finish every episode we just like run through a bunch of fun questions just rattle them off so uh i'll get us started we're gonna i think well so favorite meat snack oh meat snack uh yeah. this is a recent one coconut covered cashews Interesting. Ooh. okay yeah, yeah i like it i like dude it. they are electric <laughs> they're <laughs> dude they're so good it's, it's hard i gotta put them back because otherwise i'll eat like the whole thing too many yeah yeah we'll just crush it <laughs> all right best um, best pool god Luke, you've yeah. ever swam in oh oh man mona palmer aquatic center asu there you that go was, it's it. i mean memories it's just like it's different the hit's different if you will yeah if you could swim with anyone um past or present so i mean you can you can rip um 100 freeze with a blanket or you can you know <laughs> do it with phelps who are you doing it with oh man that's tough i might go with brendan hansen um interesting yeah and i mean i've met brendan a ton i've i've hung out with him a lot and yeah i think i think i go with brendan brendan's just like He's the, when I think Hunter Breaststroke, I don't think PD, I think Brendan Hansen, uh, cause he was like the guy on the relay when I was growing up and yeah, I think I'd, I'd have to go with him right now, especially with how breaststroke focused my brain is. There you go. Might be a boring answer, but no, we like no, it. I, Unique. We haven't yeah, heard that one yet. So no, uh, prior to a swim meet, what's that last meal you're eating the day before? Oh, dinner. Yeah. Uh, I've always been a pasta guy. I've right. always gone pasta. Um, might not be the best move, <laughs> but like maybe. Yeah. What's you throwing on the pasta? Just like red sauce, meatballs. What are we going for? <laughs> um, I might go like a, a blend, a blend of um, like I like to do the the red sauce with some Alfredo and do like okay. kind of like a, a cream sauce and then throw some chicken on there. Oh, I like that. That'd be good. Yeah, maybe shrimp. I don't know. <laughs> i'm starting to not be a shrimp guy anymore they're kind of yeah. weird yeah they are they are interesting <laughs> shrimp are weird man next time you eat a shrimp think about it <laughs> think about it while you're eating it and be like what is this it doesn't make any sense same with i mean lobster is good shrimp i think is just the weirdest thing ever yeah and they got those little legs and stuff yeah, like it's like a yeah. sea bug like what's happening yeah it's like jelly it's like if you didn't know that you were eating meat, you'd think you're eating like some weird like sea jelly, like <laughs> yeah. Play-Doh. Or it's, it's weird. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, favorite drill? Any strokes? Ooh, any stroke? Yep. Two kicks, one pull, breaststroke. Nice. Solid. Short course with pullouts because then I don't have to swim breaststroke very much. <laughs> so I'm not good at it on top of the water, which we're we're trying to solve for. I got gotcha. you. Go. Who's the coolest person you've ever swam with? I mean, it can just be war- like warm-ups at a meet or a set or anything. This you, you were in the same pool as this, this person at the same Coolest time. Coolest person. That's tough. I mean, probably Phelps. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the GOAT. He, he's sure. the GOAT. So, yeah, yeah. got to be Phelps. Yeah, that's insane. Paul, well, you got any more questions for him? 
Yeah, just got one more that we ask. We end every episode with um, oh, words yeah. of wisdom for the viewers. Uh, if it's not working, keep going. That's kind of my ethos. Um, if you like it and you think that you're doing good work, mm-hmm. then keep going, even if it's not working. Um, you know, I, I didn't catch steam overnight. You know, I, I love the, the the thing that's like, what's the quote? It's like, geez, sorry, there's like a NASCAR race going by outside. Do you guys hear that? Yeah. <laughs> um, that was wild. Um, the It's like, God, what's the quote? I forget what it is. Um, but like, if it's not working and you think you're doing a good job, just, just keep on keeping on. Uh, oh yeah. You don't become an overnight success overnight or something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Like uh, a 10 year overnight success or I'll, I'll look up the quote and figure it out later and, and yeah. DM it to you guys, but <laughs> cool. we'll throw um, it on the outro. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, if, if you like what you're doing and you think your heart's in the right place and um, there's an audience for it, they'll, they'll find you eventually. Yeah, for nice. sure. Uh, great words of wisdom. Uh, well, the guys that uh, wraps up episode 19, Kyle Sockwell. Uh, we look forward to what you do in the future. Sounds good. Y'all too. Hopefully you're yeah. having back on in a year. Oh, and, then, and I'll, I'll start having you guys on at some point. <laughs> hey, let's, let's go. go. Yeah. I, I want to get flied out to the, the World Cup with FINA, man. <laughs> Hook me up. Hey, just keep going. There we go. Keep going. That's you know, it's a, uh, let's, let's see if we can piece it together. You're not an overnight success overnight. There we go. We'll go with that. <laughs> yep. Kyle Sockwell. That, <laughs> Throw the stutter in there too. <laughs> Signing out. <laughs>